Chapter Ten of the Ocean of Air Meteorology for Beginners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Ocean of Air Meteorology for Beginners by Agnes G. Byrne. Chapter Ten: The Perils of Carbonic Acid carbonic acid gas is being perpetually made perpetually poured into the atmosphere and perpetually broken up once more into the carbon and oxygen of which it is formed the quantity of it present in the air at any one time or place varies exceedingly at some times and in some places a much larger supply is being made and is sent floating through the air ocean than elsewhere and on other days there are certain special modes through which this gas comes into existence carbonic acid gas is found wherever any substance burns which is partly made of carbon part or the whole of that carbon unites itself in the act of burning with some of the oxygen roundabout so forming carbonic acid gas one of the chief perils of a house on fire arises from the above fact the carbon of the great mass of burning materials combines rapidly with oxygen and large quantities of carbonic acid gas are poured forth many a human being unable to escape is mercifully stifled by the deadly fumes long before any flames can reach him if the wind blows so much the worse for the moving air brings constant fresh supplies of oxygen and as these sweep over the house the making of carbonic acid gas goes on more rapidly in common speech the wind fans the flames and the house burns faster when a haystack or a bonfire is alight and we go to the side where the wind bears down upon us we are speedily aware of the overabundance of carbonic acid gas whether or no we can tell its name the fact is apparent by the choking stifling rush which drives us from the spot the same danger exists in the burning of a charcoal brazier in a room which has no fireplace terrible risk to life is involved here for as the charcoal wastes it gradually unites with oxygen to make carbonic acid and this gas has no escape except into the air of the room many a solitary being has gone to sleep in such a case enjoying the warmth and has been stifled in his sleep never waking again a sad instance happened not many years ago in paris a young english girl had gone there in quest of work a quest which long proved fruitless success at last came and she went joyously to tell her friend an english clergyman who had kindly helped in the search returning to her lonely room she lit a little charcoal fire feeling in delight that she might now indulge herself and never dreaming of danger full of hope the poor girl went to bed leaving no outlet for the deadly gas and when morning came a hasty messenger summoned the clergyman he arrived only to find a dead body lying in the small room all had been over hours before the danger is greater at night than in the day because one is taken unawares in unconsciousness because too of the recumbent position of a sleeper carbonic acid 
is a heavy gas, much heavier than oxygen or nitrogen, except when stirred up by air currents. It always sinks downward, and it will remain so, distinct from the other gases, that the lower part of a room may be full of it, while the upper part has comparatively pure air. Through this heaviness it can, with care, be poured from one vessel to another. Carbonic acid gas is made in the fermentation of wine. The sugar contained in the grape juice is broken up by the fermenting process, and fresh substances are formed from it, one of those substances being carbonic acid. A rapid fermentation first takes place, the liquid needing to be occasionally stirred up. For this purpose in olden days, and in some countries it was customary for a man to enter in bodily, the warmth of his frame was supposed to be advantageous by promoting quicker fermentation. It was, however, a perilous business for the man himself, on account of the large quantities of carbonic acid gas escaping, and several lives were thus lost at different times. When the more rapid fermentation is over, the wine is moved to other barrels, and the slow after-fermentation begins, lasting for months. Here again the same danger attends those who have to visit the wine vats. As a rule, the escaping gas lies low, and a man may walk safely upright, where a dog would fall senseless and die. But if he stoops to care for the dog, he too may be overpowered. Sometimes the gas collects and rises to such a height as to imperil men also. Too hasty an entrance into the place may mean no less than death, and fatal results have come about not seldom. The following memoranda are of a visit paid by my father to a brewery many years ago. I was taken over one of the largest breweries in London in company with friends. The thing that struck me most was the large fermenting vat of the size and form of a small room in which the fermentation of wort was proceeding at a rapid pace. The liquor was some feet in depth, and on the surface of it floated a dense body of clear, bright carbonic acid gas which overflowed at the gangway where I was standing like a waterfall, some twelve or fifteen inches deep. On looking upwards through the bright colourless gas fall, it was very curious to see the dingy, dirty London air resting upon its surface, and gently waving along when set in motion by blowing or fanning. I stooped down and ventured to take a small breath of the gas fall, but I did not attempt to take a second. It was like a sword passing down my throat. Subsequently, I inquired the cause of the pain given by inhaling the carbonic acid gas given off by fermentation, whereas that given off by burning charcoal is only stifling in its effect. I was told that there is no pain in inhaling dry carbonic acid gas, but when mixed with damp, it has the effect I experienced. Carbonic acid gas formed by the burning of coal would, if we had no chimneys, be poured into our rooms to the detriment of health. 
if not to the destroying of life where a chimney fails to draw well that is when the upward draft is not sufficient to carry away all the gas with the smoke we are soon conscious of stinging and choking sensations extremely unpleasant in kind long ago english fireplaces boasted no chimneys the fire was made in the middle of the room and the smoke and newly formed gases had to meander about till they found their way out through a hole in the roof but since glazed windows were in those days unknown the absence of chimneys mattered less for there would always be a plentiful supply of pure air pouring in below as cold air is the heaviest while hot air is light the fresh cold incoming air would speedily drive upward and outward the dangerous gas most of us have felt more or less the ill effects of burning gas in a closed room gas like coal contains much carbon and when it burns supplies of carbonic acid gas are being steadily poured into the air unless there is a way of escape through open door window or ventilator the air of the room changes fast from good to bad some people are very sensitive to this suffering even in the earlier stages from headache faintness and other trying sensations while some can endure an extraordinary amount of bad air without being aware of it sooner or later however the hardiest and most insensitive frame must suffer the condition of things produced being one in a succession of stages on the high road towards suffocation carbonic acid gas is found wherever living creatures are no need to say living creatures which are largely made of carbon for all living creatures are largely made of carbon from them is poured out a regular intermittent stream of carbonic acid gas with every breath this is why a room containing human beings if no fresh air is allowed to enter becomes close and unhealthy burning gas would make matters worse by hurrying on the evil but without any burning gas or lamp or candle we have still the same result it is no rare spectacle to see a church or a room in cold weather full of men and women having every door and window fast shut from dread of the slightest draught elderly people and nervous people are often afflicted with an almost morbid horror of moving air while they are placidly indifferent to poisonous air the fact is curious but common now the air of any closed place steadily breathed by men or animals becomes gradually transformed to a slow poison nay in time to a quick poison though affairs are seldom allowed to go quite so far people are usually content to give themselves and their children over pale or over flushed faces sickly sensations and bad headaches without advancing to actual suffocation we hear a great deal of ill health among the poor of stunted frames pallid cheeks and constant suffering of course much of this in certain cases may be due to scanty food or to overwork but it is a grave question how much of it is not owing to the habitual breathing of air which has been allowed to gain too much an amount of carbonic acid gas simply from the lack of an open window there is a wonderful carelessness among the poor as to fresh air true the fresh air at their command is not always of the purest 
yet it is better than none nor is it in town alleys alone but also in country cottages that windows are built up with plants never to be opened and that frequent airing of a room is a thing unthought of it would be hardly fair however to speak of this indifference as a characteristic of the poor only there are houses in a higher station of society houses inhabited by the cultivated and refined where the window of a much-used sitting-room is closed before breakfast and is never opened again before night naturally by evening the air of that room has grown into a most undesirable compound the mixture of little oxygen with much carbonic acid is rendered not more pleasant by various floating vapors and particles of matter given off in the course of many hours from the lungs and skin of human beings present a sharp current of air between window and fireplace or window and door would speedily expel them all bringing a sufficient supply of fresh oxygen but no that would be too much trouble or nobody thinks of it or somebody might complain of cold so the unhealthy mixture has to be patiently breathed by the unfortunate individuals assembled there however as already said many people are not sensitive in the space of twenty-four hours a man not especially exerting himself takes into his system about eighteen cubic feet of oxygen gas he also gives off from lungs and skin about the same amount of carbonic acid gas suppose a man were in a room seven feet high seven feet wide and seven feet broad shut up completely with no opening to admit fresh air the whole mass of air in that little room would in twenty-four hours have passed through his lungs of all the oxygen originally held by the air one quarter would have disappeared its place being filled by about the same amount of carbonic acid gas suppose no air were then admitted but the same state of things were continued for another twenty-four hours by that time half the oxygen present would have been exchanged for carbonic acid gas following out the same idea we may say that in three days three-quarters of the oxygen would have given place to carbonic acid gas while in four days the oxygen would be all gone and only carbonic acid mixed with nitrogen would remain of course this experiment could never be really tried because long before the close the man must after great suffering have died of suffocation by burning charcoal continuously in a shut room from which all fresh air is shut off the result described could be actually brought about but through a man's breathing only the earlier stages are possible not far from the middle of the last century a terrible deed was worked in calcutta by the guards of the so-called nabob saruja daula upon his english prisoners no more awfully forcible illustration can be found of the desperate need for fresh air to keep human beings alive the story may well be given in the vivid words of macaulay then was committed that great crime memorable for its singular atrocity memorable for the tremendous retribution by which it was followed the english captives were left to the mercy of the guards and the guards determined to secure them for the night in the prison of the garrison a chamber known by the fearful name of the black hole 
even for a single european malefactor that dungeon would in such a climate have been too close and narrow the space was only twenty feet square the air-holes were small and obstructed it was the summer solstice the season when the fierce heat of bengal could scarcely be rendered tolerable to natives of england by lofty halls and by constant waving of fans the number of the prisoners was one hundred and forty-six when they were ordered to enter the cell they imagined that the soldiers were joking and being in high spirits on account of the promise of the nabob to spare their lives they laughed and jested at the absurdity of the notion they soon discovered their mistake they expostulated they entreated but in vain the guards threatened to cut down all who hesitated the captives were driven into the cell at the point of the sword and the door was instantly shut and locked upon them nothing in history or fiction approaches the horrors which were recounted by the few survivors of that night they cried for mercy they strove to burst the door holwell who even in that extremity retained some presence of mind offered large bribes to the jailers but the answer was that nothing could be done without the nabob's orders that the nabob was asleep and that he would be angry if anybody woke him then the prisoners went mad with despair they trampled each other down fought for the places at the windows fought for the pittance of water with which the cruel mercy of the murderers mocked their agonies raved prayed blasphemed implored the jailers to fire among them the jailers in the meantime held lights to the bars and shouted with laughter at the frantic struggles of their victims at length the tumult died away in low gaspings and moanings the day broke the nabob had slept off his debauch and permitted the door to be opened but it was some time before the soldiers could make a lane for the survivors by piling up on each side the heaps of corpses on which the burning climate had already begun to do its loathsome work when at length a passage was made twenty-three ghastly figures such as their own mothers would not have known staggered one by one out of the charnel-house a pit was instantly dug the dead bodies a hundred and twenty-three in number were flung into it promiscuously and covered up dead for lack of air to keep them in life the small amount of air within breathed by one hundred and forty-six pairs of lungs grew rapidly worse and worse as oxygen gave place to carbonic acid and the small window openings were blocked up by the struggling mass of human beings fighting in the agony of gradual suffocation for one breath of air the marvel was not that one hundred and twenty-three died but that so many as twenty-three outlived the horrors of that awful night carbonic acid gas is found abundantly in many coal mines everybody has heard of the terrible fire-damp and choke-damp of mines but many would be at a loss to define the difference between the two fire-damp wrongly known among miners as sulphur is a gas made of carbon and hydrogen it contains no sulphur whatever and the word damp is a corruption of dampf the german for vapor in many coal mines especially in many english ones large quantities of this gas often collect amid the coal seams and when released by a stroke of the pickaxe it flows out in streams 
by itself it is not a dangerous gas it'll burn if lighted but quietly with a blue flame once let it become mixed however with a certain amount of common air and it becomes at once tremendously explosive if it comes in contact with any flame an explosion instantly follows rendering rocks and dealing death to miners within reach usually there are many men in a mine where such an explosion takes place beyond touch of the actual flames but though not burned to death another danger not less terrible awaits them and this is from the choke damp or after damp the gas called fire damp is made as we have seen of carbon and hydrogen when that gas takes fire and burns in a great outburst of flame large quantities of carbonic acid gas spring into being through the union of carbon with oxygen and the dangerous carbonic acid gas or choke damp flows through the passages searching out the miners in their retreats if overtaken by it they are soon overwhelmed a few breaths of the deadly gas and they fall in unconsciousness unless speedily rescued never again to wake in the great hartley collier disaster more than two hundred men died of the choke damp who might otherwise have escaped the coal gas which we burn in our houses though not quite the same in make as the fire damp of mines is very likely it in one respect coal gas properly managed is harmless enough but when mixed with a particular amount of atmospheric air it becomes explosive if a little air gets into a gas pipe or if the gas escapes and mixes with air there is likelihood of an explosion gas as used in private houses under the control of people who do not in the least understand it is a perpetual danger to mankind the one real safeguard lies in its unpleasant smell for when gas escapes it always makes its presence known still even this is not enough uneducated persons will take a candle or light a match to examine the source of the odor about the maddest feat they can well perform the wonder is that more lives are not lost thus and indeed gas explosions on a small scale are by no means uncommon carbonic acid gas is found wherever volcanoes exist and fiery underground forces are at work in such regions great outpourings of it are wont to take place alike from open craters from springs of water and from casual cracks and splits in the earth herein lies one peril of volcanic districts a man carelessly approaching a crater or leaning over an open fissure may be choked by the rising fumes while in no peril from flames or hot lava miss bird describing the fiery lake of kilauea writes at times the level of the lava in the pit within a pit is so low and the suffocating gases are evolved in such enormous quantities that travellers are unable to see anything and again at a later date the whole region vibrated with the shock of the fiery surges to stand there was to snatch a perfect joy out of a pain and terror which was unendurable for two or three minutes we kept going to the edge seeing the spectacle as with a flash through half-closed eyes and going back again but a few trials in which throats nostrils and eyes were irritated to torture by the acid gases convinced us 
that it was unsafe to attempt to remain by the lake as the pain and gasping for breath which followed each inhalation threatened serious consequences the same abundance of escaping carbonic acid gas is found near vesuvius etna and other volcanoes and also in the neighborhood of extinct craters in lands where eruptions are no longer known carbonic acid gas is found wherever decaying herbage exists or dead bodies of animals lie the carbon of which both plants and animals are largely made it gives back to the atmosphere when they decay it unites with the oxygen of the air and again carbonic acid is formed by a slower process indeed than that of burning but with consequences no less deadly herein lies one danger of living among or near great masses of dying or dead vegetation the fall of the leaf in a wooded country is counted unwholesome every fallen leaf in its decay sends forth a little stream of carbonic acid gas and the many small streams join to cause a serious total the evil would be greater yet but for the busy worms who work so hard drawing the dead leaves underground there they decay still but not injuriously helping to form new mold to feed plant life instead of helping to poison the atmosphere for animals and men still despite all that worms can do a good deal of unwholesomeness does exist in such places even in england more markedly it is seen in the swampy lands round about tropical rivers covered with luxuriant vegetation also the presence of dead bodies in or near human dwellings is a danger to life besides sending out germs of disease their decay produces a large amount of this gas carbonic acid gas is the precise opposite of oxygen gas the latter is life-supporting the former is life-destroying whether it is in any sense an act of poison has been questioned if the amount of it in common air is increased and the amount of oxygen is increased in the same proportion the carbonic acid seems not to be hurtful so it appears that a man who dies from breathing carbonic acid like one who dies from breathing nitrogen dies not from a poison but from a want he dies not because he has taken in too much carbonic acid but because he has not taken in enough oxygen under great cold and pressure carbonic acid can be liquefied and has even been solidified to a light snow-like substance generally however as it floats in the ocean of air we know the said substance only as a gas in taste it is slightly acidic end of chapter 10 recording by john brandon